What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arnika, the not-so-typical chiropractor, and today we're talking about the pelvic floors. What is the pelvic floor and why is it so important, okay? We're going to go over what makes up the pelvic floor, some common pelvic floor problems, and also some movements to help. If you've been following along, my favorite thing is to give out as much knowledge as I can and to help people understand their bodies. So today's episode is actually inspired by a workshop that I'm giving this Saturday at a Pilates studio, which I'm so excited to go down into like pelvic floor one-on-one to really teach people about the importance of the pelvic floor, what it actually is doing and how that could be something that could be contributing to some of the issues that they're having. All right, so let's get started. First off, without nerding out too much, I want to talk about what is a pelvic floor on like an anatomy level and keep it super short and brief, okay? So there's multiple layers to our pelvic floor. And from the bony aspect, if we're looking at our pelvis, I know you guys have heard of the pubic symphysis, right? It's a cartilage that lives in between our two pelvic bones, what's called our innominates. So that pelvic synthesis sits in the middle. And then we, as we come up across that pubic bone, we now are coming up where we hit, like where our hip attaches into our our pelvis. We now come up across our iliac crest. And that's where when you put your hands on your hips, that's where your hands sits the tent. When you have a kid that maybe you're carrying on one side and I call it mommy hip, then that's where you're pretty much stabilizing your kid is right there on that iliac crest. If we follow that all the way around, then we actually hit that triangular bone in our back of our pelvis, okay? I tell people it's legit right where our butt crack runs. So between that side of the pelvis, our innominate, and that triangular bone, which is called our sacrum, that's where it lives our SI joint. Some issues struggle, some people struggle with, you know, SI joint issues. And yet they've probably gotten adjusted and they know that that bone keeps coming out, quote unquote, and maybe it's not staying. Or they've gotten some other pelvis and low back stuff done and I'm realizing that they're not still not feeling stable in their pelvis. Maybe one of your missing links is actually addressed the pelvic floor because pelvic floor issues could be actually causing some of your SI joint issues. So that's something that could definitely relate. Going into a more muscular level and starting from the outside because there's definitely other layers. We have three holes. So we have the urethra, which is where we pee out of. We have our vaginal opening, and then we also have our anus. Now, over type of the urethra is where our clitoris sits. And in between our vaginal opening and our anus is actually where our perineum sits. Surrounding our anus is our external anal sphincter. So when we're going to poop, that's something that helps us release that. And if you follow that connection back, it actually connects to our tailbone, which sits at the bottom of our sacrum. So that's just the first outside layer of muscles that are attaching to our pelvis and are part of our pelvic floor. If we were to look on the inside, then we would start to see more of our obturated muscles, which is a muscle that attaches to our hip, which is why hip issues could actually be coming from your pelvic floor. We start to look at our levator anti muscles, which are muscles that are used when you're kegeling. If you've heard of those kegels, this is a muscle that kind of helps us lift. Um, without going too nerdy, there's other muscles inside, but they're connected to our sacrum, our tailbone, our hip, following that fascia and up into our diaphragm and low back. So there's so many reasons why our pelvic floor muscles could be affecting other parts in our body, okay? I already brought them up a little bit, but a couple of pelvic floor problems that I tend to run into is 
people having tight pelvic floors, whether that's post baby or just something that's naturally, that can also lead to painful intercourse, which is, we know, not fun. And it's actually super painful and not pleasurable to you. Um, it helps. It also supports our organs. So it supports our bladder, holds our uterus in, our rectum. There's also this thing called prolapse. When there's so much pressure within our pelvic floor that we actually start to bulge out. There are so many problems that when it comes to our pelvic floor that we kind of don't know that that is related. Some people who are dealing with incontinence. So whether we have leaking, doing some activities, jumping and running and lifting, whether you're noticing that I literally had someone tell me that there are now leggings out there that have built in, I'm assuming underwear, which is specifically to support women who are having any type of incontinence issues. So if you're someone who notices you have incontinence, if you notice you're not completely emptying your bladder when you go to the bathroom, those are issues that could be coming from your pelvic floor and knowing how to relax and contract those pelvic floor muscles, maybe even how to move our pelvis in a way that we need to can definitely help when it comes to pelvic floor tightness, when it comes to certain things like diastasis recti. Um, If those who are not familiar with that, that is when we have the separation of our um, abs in the front. And that just comes from not being able to create intra-abdominal pressure. And so all of that pressure has to go somewhere. So it either bulges forward and kind of breaks up those abs, that's rectus abdominis, or it bulges down. And that's how we have a lot of force being applied down to have the leaking coming out when we're trying to use our core for certain activities like running and jumping and lifting. That's how we have prolapse when we have some things protruding. And that's all because of not being able to control or create our intra-abdominal pressure. Okay. So Our pelvic floor plays a huge role in so many parts of our body. If you've been following us for a while, then you know that I'm always harping on how everything is connected. That pelvic floor, we talked about the connections to the hip, some to the low back, some to bladder. There's so many things that you can be doing for your pelvic floor. Now, without talking about too much, um, I literally was telling someone the statistic about how when it comes to pelvic floor dysfunction. So that's with the tightening of the pelvic floor, the tone in the pelvic floor, the sexual dysfunction, things like that. One in three women have some type of pelvic floor dysfunction and they're either kind of just living with it because they've had a baby and they've heard their OB say, well, you know, that's the price for being a mom, which is a fucking lie. Don't get me started on that. There's so many things you can do to heal your pelvic floor. Or they are not noting that, they are having a pelvic floor dysfunction. They're not aware of what that is and that they're actually muscles that live in our pelvic floor. So my goal is to just always bring you knowledge and awareness to your body for you to know what is going on in your body and some things that you can do on your own. I want to share with you all some movements that are going to help when it comes to your pelvic floor. All of these movements are really focused around your breath. When it comes to breathing, um, we know that our pelvic floor is the bottom of our core, right? So our diaphragm sits at the top. We have our obliques on the side. We have our back muscles, of course, in our back. And then we have our pelvic floor on the bottom of that. When we take a breath in, our diaphragm drops down and so does our pelvic floor. We're trying to get more room in our lungs to breathe in as much air as we can. And when we exhale, then that everything comes back up to where it was in that resting position. Well, when it comes to how that's working with your pelvic floor, 
when you take a breath in, so you're inhaling, your pelvic floor is actually relaxing. And when you exhale, we're putting a more focus on the contraction part of that pelvic floor. A lot of these movements I want to tell you about, I want you to really focus on that breathing in and out and feeling the contraction and relaxation of your pelvic floor muscles. It needs to work just like a bicep, just like a tricep, whatever moment, mo- muscle that you're trying to work, you have to learn how to contract it, so how to shorten it and how to lengthen it and relax it, okay? And the same thing goes for your pelvic floor. So these movements I'm going to give you, I want you to really focus on your breath, breathing in nice and slow, making sure that we're kind of filling that air up all the way to that pelvic floor, and then relaxing and let everything coming back to its resting position. So a couple movements, we're going to be on your back, and this is where we're going to have our feet up on the table and we're or a couch, and we're going to do some diaphragmatic breathing. One hand in your diaphragm, the other hand lower over your pubic symphysis. I want you to focus on feeling that belly expand and feeling that air push down into your pelvic floor, okay? Next up, I want to take that position and switch it over into a quadruped, so being on all fours. Breathing seems so simple when you're doing diaphragmatic breathing on your back, but when we start to add in some gravity, some resistance, some external force, meaning that you have to hold yourself up now, that's when we start to hold our breath or suck in our belly, and that's not the way that we're going to actually affect our pelvic floor. So being on a quadruped position, so on all fours or tabletop, as some people may call it, and doing some breathing exercises from there. Make sure that when we breathe in, we're feeling that pelvic floor relax. And as we breathe out, we're feeling it contract. From there, we're actually going to kick those legs back and go more into a bird dog situation. We talked about how we have those pelvic floor muscles on both sides of that pubic synthesis, both sides of that pelvis, which has two sides that connect to our triangular bone, our sacrum in the back. And because of that, when we do single leg things, so while we're walking and one leg is in front of the other, while we're doing like a split stance, a squat, lunges, things like that, we are, how do I describe this? Our pelvic floor muscles are not in the same place. We have one leg moving forward, so that one pelvis, that one side of the pelvis, that one anonymous is rotating as we're walking and moving that one leg forward. And the same thing is going to happen when we go and cross over to walk with the other leg. So you have to make sure that we are able to breathe and also relax and contract our pelvic floor in every movement possible. That's where we kind of come with its disconnection. When we're doing stuff on our back, we're doing stuff maybe on all fours, but then we have to translate that into everyday life. So, I'm also going to put up here a split stance paloff press. And yes, we're working a little bit more bracing, which is what the band is there for. But I want you to really focus on your breathing, focus on having your legs out into that split stance position, and focus on feeling each one of those breaths push down into that pelvic floor. I also want to do some dead bug marching. So we talked about how there's two sides of our pelvis all connected and coming together where that sacrum is. And in between that sacrum and pelvis is where our SI joint sits. Well, if you're someone who struggled with some SI joint pain, some hip pain or discomfort or hip mobility, then this is a good place to start. We need to be able to breathe, keep our back as close to the floor as we can, control our breath while moving our legs around our trunk. So Dead bug marching is going to be a movement that's going to help us learn how can we use our pelvic floor, how can we create that intra-abdominal pressure that we talked about without bulging out, and how we can control that while we move our other limbs around, okay? 
I hope I didn't nerd out too much with you guys today. Um, I'm really, as you, if you've been following us, then you know that this summer I really started digging more into pelvic floor stuff. I work with a lot of moms and whether that's anywhere on their journeys, whether they are, you know, super postpartum, they just had a baby three to four months ago to their kids are in college. Like there are so many pelvic floor dysfunctions that moms are just walking around with and accepting. I just want to give people um, awareness and knowledge and hope that there are things that you can do. So I hope this episode was super valuable and educational. I hope you learn more about what the pelvic floor is. I probably should have did some type of visual because I'm definitely in here with this video moving my hands around. Um, but you'll see some more posts this week about the pelvic floor and some more visual uh, visualizations and pictures for there too. So follow us over at Instagram so you can get more education and to nerd out a little bit more about the pelvic floor. As always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better, and be resilient. I'll holler at y'all on the next episode.